0: Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is VGK's identity? Moves made yesterday could pave the way for players like let's say Shea Theodore to return. And who are the biggest threats to VGK in the second half of the season in both the Pacific Division and the Western Conference? Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Credasco, and that's Chris Golic. Of course, he's not slimed today, so that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, but you're starting to get fogged right now.
0: It might happen again, Sony. The return of the fog. It's Is coming. Is it coming in? It might be could coming sense in. It. This is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. Is you it? can find
1: us, of course, on Lockdown uh, VGK on Twitter at TD Chris G at Tony D'Asco on Twitter as well. And please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that is Lockdown Golden Knights and leave your comments, all those pleasantries, uh, especially for me on there. So, yesterday you brought up a topic at the end of the show, Chris. Uh, what is this VGK team's identity? And then you took it a step further, and I know you had like an informal poll with a lot of our followers on Twitter, some great comments, and so I have to ask you, what is this team's identity past the midway point of this season?
0: I don't have a clear answer. Um, Think back about season one. It's pretty easy to say that that BGK team was tough to play against, got down the ice extremely quickly, had a relentless forecheck, and was just really a tough out a really 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 good skilled team that was a tough out the DeBoer era your guess is as good as mine and you know they had it was a skill team but as far as like that identity you know they weren't physical they weren't opportunistic necessarily they they were a skill team that put up goals in waves but they didn't attack in waves if that makes sense thinking about this VGk team it, it took it take it took me a while to even get this far and it's not a great answer. This is something I thought about ever since I at the end of yesterday's show when I was getting slimed when I asked what the identity was and you know I started thinking about it and you're like, okay save it for tomorrow but you know there was nothing I, I don't have much more. All I can think about right now is this VGK team if I have to give you a one run on-ish sentence about the golden Knights and their and what their identity is. They are quick to get down the ice, they find the open ice, and they are just a highly skilled team that can put up goals. They can put up a lot of goals when the time is right. That's not a great description, not for a team that's leading the West, not for a team that's leading the division, not for a team that's the favorite now to win the division and possibly come out of the West. So it's kind of odd, and I wonder if this team is going to find its identity, especially as the games continue to get more and more intense as, uh, I mean, the playoffs, yes, they start in April, but they really get started right after the trade deadline. After that trade deadline, that's when the season goes up another notch. Will BGK go up that notch?
1: Yeah, and right now things have really tightened up with points in the West overall. And I just was wondering, is this team perhaps too inconsistent to have established an identity? When I think of this team, I think of it being Inconsistent.
0: Yeah, inconsistent is a great terminology. And it's unfortunate that's one of the first things we think of when we go to the identity. And going through the top the the responses from yesterday, this also confirms the fact that it's not easy to come up with an identity. I mean, we had 1448 people saw my tweet. That's a fair number. If healthy, gold knights can win the cup. Okay, but that's not an identity, it's a fair statement. If not healthy, they can also not make the playoffs. That's also a fair statement. The new version of Jekyll and Hyde, I'm in. Of course, locked on San Jose Sharks, a hockey team located in Vegas. I finished that statement on top of the division and conference. Showmanship over results, Tommy Vegas says. And then, can Cassidy finish the postseason? Not necessarily um, an identity, but it's a fair question. When he says finish the postseason, of course, these. Uh, taking a shot at Cassidy for not being able to finish uh, the post, finish the Stanley cup, but having a one game victory at home ice and they couldn't win it at home. Unfortunately, golden trots and three banners, a hockey betters nightmare from Chuck Dickerson. That's pretty fair. I've gotten, I've gotten um, parts of me kicked in on this VGK team when I felt uh, things were going to go differently at some games and nope. Like uh, the other night they were, when they were down three goals, my, the uh, plus two and a half for the end game coming out of the first period or coming out of the second period was a, like plus money. And I'm like, listen, they're going to score at least one goal. It's going to be a two goal game, right? Something's going to happen. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> oops. It could be Jack Eichel and Hyde. That's what we could call them. Uh, Jack Eichel, Jack Eichel in the Hyde Lounge.
1: <laughs> in the Hyde Lounge. I like that. Um Well coached team. That's the first thing that I came to mind when I was trying to think of. Okay, what is the trademark of this team? I think that they've been well coached, and they are experienced.
0: Yeah, I mean that is definitely fair. They're not they're not winning despite Cassidy doing all these wrong things. I mean we we've been a little critical of Cassidy as of late, and that's our job. I mean we we talk about a sports team. You have to be. There's no one that doesn't second guess the coach at times. That's part of uh, how this works. That's also why you and I are in t shirts that. 7.15 in the morning uh recording a podcast you know that's we're, we're not the we're not the coaches but you know we're gonna second guess every now and then and it's easy for us to do so they are well coached they're not winning because Cassidy's making all these wrong decisions and the team has all this skill I'll argue maybe DeBoer you know they maybe played they played beyond DeBoer's coaching at times I mean I don't know I think that's maybe a fair statement to make uh-huh. They're not winning the West right now by accident. They're not leading the Pacific right now by accident. There are a lot of good things happening, but this is a team that has yet to establish its identity. Cassidy, like at times you notice coming across the neutrals, like early in the season, when when healthy, when you also have Shea Theodore and, Je- and um, uh, Zach White caught on the yeah. ice, let's be clear about those two, of course, and what they bring to this team. You really saw the defensive side of the system come to light. Not a lot of stretch passes across the neutral zone from the opposition that connected. And it was just kind of um, not necessarily a suffocating defense, but they did a good job of stopping those long passes either across the ice. And more importantly, like the, you know, those passes that go across the crease, those wing to wing, those circle to circle type passes, you know, now without Theodore and White Cloud, and then other reinforcements like Miramanov and such, It's been tough, so you can't necessarily put a grade if we're going to do that right now on the defensive side. But, again, this is not a, oh, whoa are the Vegas Golden Knights? On top of the Pacific, on top of the West, the next uh, checkpoint is the trade deadline to see where they sit. And that's what, like early February? It's coming up. It's coming up pretty soon. We're going to have a lot of content then. Oh, it's going to be fireworks, (laughs) I think. And
1: I also, you do, you think they're going to make some moves? yeah okay and i was just curious i, I see this as i see this as an attacking team yep. and i see them as a team at times and i've said this before that is too finesse i just don't think that they have that toughness like to make it to the next level so they're very, very skilled i'll give them that but i don't as think is our line four compared to
0: most line fours too our line four is pretty skilled too um early in the season and even not even early for like the first 25, 30, 32, 33 games line four was that physical line. It wasn't physical as in, they're going to scare you. Like, you know, Connor McDavid isn't sitting in, isn't uh, looking at whatever pregame report is as he's on the road right now, looking at our line four, saying, I got to watch out for this guy. I got to watch out. I mean, he has got to watch out for anybody, but point being is, and again, I'm not saying Ryan Reeves, come back to Vegas. Let's not, don't just stop it before you go that far. And someone tweets us that's, There was a physicality that you had to prepare for with other VGK teams that wasn't just Ryan Reeves, but it was more of an identity. You know, the other lines also playing an extremely tight forechecking and physical game. And back to line four right now, like line four was always a shutdown line. The other team gets a goal. Here comes line four. They get the energy back. They get the excitement back. They you know give you a reason to cheer after something bad happens. I haven't felt that out of line four in a while. I'm sure Cassidy's still going to him. I haven't been paying close attention, but I haven't felt line four for the, for the last short minute or two. hasn't been as exciting. And that's just not, not because you know, Carrie hasn't scored a goal in 10 something game, 10 game, whatever the number is, it's been a minute for Carrier. Just lines for no, seven that? games. I think seven games. Seven okay. Games. Yeah. Well, who would have thought we were going to talk about a, will Carrier seven game goal is <laughs> drought <Trout>. game 42 <laughs> of the regular season. Think about that for a second.
1: Yeah. And yesterday, you know, you're talking about Ryan Reeves, though, but now Kaprizov in Minnesota, they were going after him an awful lot. And now with Reeves, he does have a role where he does keep a lot of players off of the top line, off the top players there in Minnesota. Funny quote from uh, Reeves yesterday going Uh-oh. into the Ranger game. Oh, They asked him if he was going to get into any fights and he said two on one two for one. I, I don't care. You could, you could quote me on this. I'll fight two of them at the same time. Cause he did try to, he taught, there was a lot of videos back in New York of him teaching uh, Panarin how to fight, which is kind of funny <laughs> coming up next. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of moves yesterday that perhaps could have uh, changed uh, the look of this VGK team. Will we see the likes of a Shay Theodore come back and who i'll Who else knows who else? Uh, That's all coming up next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, for stats, news, and analysis. Get your latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league that's out there, pro football with the playoffs coming up. You've got the NBA. You've got the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. College basketball as well, I might add. And if you love sports podcasts, you could even find those at Bet Online, as well, we are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris gollick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you tuning in. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Golden Knights. So, Chris, a couple of moves yesterday and uh, perhaps a way for players to come off of the injured list. So, Brandon Pahal uh, sent down, assigned to the Henderson Silver Knights and Jake Lashizan on waivers. And there's a guy that couldn't find the net. He just had really tough luck when he was up with the Golden Knights. Had some good looks.
0: Yeah, I mean, LeCision, he bounced around the lineup a little bit. And one thing I find interesting, looking at the VGK Twitter right now, Pahal assigned to HSK. LeCision placed on waivers, but then they say for the purpose of assignment to Henderson. Is that some code that the that the teams use through their social departments saying, hey, we kind of want to keep this guy, please don't claim him? Is this like a scratch my back, scratch your back type of thing. Is that why they use that wording? Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It yeah. is. I'd rather see the in the organization versus uh, going elsewhere. I don't want someone else to claim him. I think um, at the least he can really develop in Henderson and help Henderson, who needs all the help they can get. I think they have lost their last two again, unfortunately, with both close games. So you want to hold on to your reinforcements like that. Now, what does this mean um, Pahal, I'm curious if this is a paper transaction, and all of a sudden Thursday morning he is brought back up. If this is something simply to save some money, or are we going to see Shea Theodore back out there in practice today? I think those are basically the two questions as to what this Pahal move can make. Um, decision for on waivers, you know, I don't think he has a two way contract anymore. Or once he once he came up, then maybe they couldn't bring him down. I know there's some dynamic there, but. They're not wa- They're waving him because they have no other option to, or they need a move for later. But the wheels are spinning with McCrimmon right now. I can assure you the wheels are certainly spinning for Kelly McCrimmon as far as what's going to happen. You know, you're seeing uh, this is the Patrick Kane is going to be the most popular guy in the NHL right now, and possibly Jonathan Taves for the next, I don't know, for the next uh, 24 days, however long. Was it February 5th, February 13th, or something like that for the, the trade deadline? It's coming pretty quick. So, is there a path for VGK to make a crazy splash like that? I mean, I, I don't think it would be Taves, but, you know, Patrick Kane, I mean, you know, let's see how many more injuries come. We do have some money available with Howden and Theodore, you know, or not, sorry, Howden and um, White Cloud. And even Nolan Patrick are going to go a little farther here, but some of that money has been used to make other moves and things like that. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be an interesting, it's a word I love to use with uh, Kelly McCrimmon when it comes to uh, roster composition. It's interesting.
1: You think of Nolan Patrick even goes out there on the ice and skates around. I'm just curious, or is he not even with? The I wouldn't team?
0: be I mean, uh, this is total speculation right now. Um, if he's in Vegas, I think we start. I mean, did he even? He didn't even come to camp or anything, obviously. So, mm-hmm. and ag- again, you know, just so, so Nolan jumps on us, we want him to do. We want him to, you know, rehab and do whatever he needs to do to put himself in a spot to play competitive hockey. Should he want to continue that path, not if that's happen. what he wants. I don't disagree with you, Tony. Do I think he's possibly skating somewhere wherever he is? I think so. I mean, you don't just, you know, as long as he is healthy enough to do that without risking farther injury, of course, but you don't just turn it off that quickly. I think as a professional athlete, I mean, that's like, and again, I don't want this to go down the wrong path here, but that's like saying to a tag of Viola, who unfortunately all of his uh, concussion issues, that's like saying he's not going to, you know, find a way to jump back into the playoffs or possibly, uh, you know, throw a football around. I mean, these guys, this is what they do. They've done this their whole lives. And just to turn it off, it's not as easy said, you know, it's much easier said than done. I don't care how old you are, what level you are. You know, it's, it's not easy.
1: We definitely need a Shea Weber, Bobblehead night here for the that VGK night. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. <laughs> uh, does this, uh, did these moves, did they open the doors for the return of Shea Theodore who appears to be I guess next, next up to return to the lineup Uh in time, obviously for Monday's just, I wasn't just making a joke there, but he does have his bobblehead <laughs> day coming up on Monday, Shea Theodore. Uh, what else can VGK
0: do now uh to bring back some players? Well, I mean, Miramadov needs to be mentioned too. We don't know who is farther along than who, neither of which, uh, have been reported to be even even be skating right now. So that's why I I wonder if this pahal move and decision, but more or less pahal is being done simply as a paper transaction. But you're not moving decision if you if something isn't gonna happen as far as a player returning. So I think the assumption Mirror, I would actually guess Mira Monoff might come back sooner, but total guess. I haven't heard anything about him having you know, a broken leg or a bone injury or anything like that, besides, you know, just taking a tough shot, obviously, and just needs to let it heal a little bit. Um Theodore, that I mean, Theodore's injury looked bad. It looked bad. It looked, you know, like a lot of these, unfortunately, the like Zach White Clouds. It looked like it was possibly season ending. Knee on knee is scary. And and again, that there was in the Philly game, total incidental contact, unfortunate, but incidental. Um, and, and it might, you know, have a, a tough result or He's going to be on the ice skating and maybe back by Saturday's game. I don't know. It's, uh, mm-hmm. This is the mystery of uh, NHL injuries. He's out with the lower body, deal with the media.
1: Well, we had uh, at UNLV, we had a player, a basketball player, knee on knee, same sort of situation, and he's been out, I think, three-plus weeks already. So it could be about that time where they both you know get back and start to return. What was the Marimonov injury
0: again? He blocked a shot in the end of the Nashville game, right at the end of the second period. Uh, I believe it was low off his leg by the way he skated off. And that was the game when I caught him skating off the ice and he was struggling mightily. He gets to the bench. He needs help to get to the bench. And then to start the third period, he actually takes this pregame skate... And he looked terrible. And again, he was injured. Not like he looked bad. Just he looked terrible. He was laboring. He couldn't put any weight. I believe it was his right leg. I could be wrong on that. And he was trying to work out whatever he could. And then that's when I noticed two or three shifts in when they were rotating through the lines that, Miramonov was out of the game along with McNabb who got that match penalty unfortunately. So again, that was a great VGK game. I am still marveling at the effort of the four defensemen that were able to get us to the finish line. It took, took a little extra time, but we got to the finish line that game, thankfully. And Miramonov, Miramanoff, I think twice came out during commercial breaks, trying to stretch out or whatever it was. I, I don't know if that, I still wonder if that was like, if he was out there just as a case of emergency break glass or if it was just a little, little, uh, Tony Tonyo uh, Cordasco, fog and mirrors to uh, to throw off the other team a little bit with whatever their line combos were. I don't know. Touche. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk
1: <laughs> Marsh Assault. Uh, we're going to talk about some threats to VGK in the second half of this season in the Pacific Division, and uh, also some threats in the Western Conference as we head into the second half of the season. We'll return with more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Nights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We appreciate you making us your first listen each and every day, wherever you get your podcast. And again, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Golden Nights and leave some great messages there. We got to get things uh, jump started for the new year with our What the Friday, too. So we got to start getting People fired up here. I think for Friday's show for sure. And don't forget uh, VGK back in action. It feels like this break's been forever. Uh, and they'll play against Florida, a team that uh, won in Denver against the Avalanche last night. And so we'll uh, we'll have a pretty good matchup. I Please, think they're going to be off our... a
0: back to back. They have no more games.
1: I don't think it's so. Rigged. That would it's rigged. Be, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely rigged. Uh, Pacific Division threats: uh, the Kings and the Kraken are starting to close ground and quickly, especially the Kraken. Uh, The Kraken have now won six straight games, and they also have two games in hand with the VGK. And I was looking at some stats the other night, and remember season one, season two-ish, where the Vegas Golden Knights always had that response. Team would score a goal, bang, back down the ice. Guess what? The Seattle Kraken lead the league in responses after a team scores a goal within a minute, nine times this season within one minute after an opponent has scored a goal, very VGK like they come back down the ice and they have that response and they score a goal nine times in second place for
0: the Kings with eight, <laughs> eight responses within a minute. That's, that's some good stuff right there. Um, so Bruce Cassidy, going back to multiple pressers I've been a part of, remember, I don't do every game. I do about, I don't know, like 35, 40 percent of the games on the media you're the, side.
1: You're not, you're the Aiden Hill of, of coverage.
0: There we go. I like it. I like it. I'll you um, just go when he starts or I, I'm I'm the backup. I'm the backup. Pretty much, I guess. I don't know. Um, so going back to Cassidy's comments, so many times he has mentioned that the team after a goal is scored against them they want to get it back so fast and they go over the boards and they push and push and push. And Cassidy is trying to bring the reins back a little bit and like, don't just stick to your game. So it's interesting what Seattle and the Kings are both doing there. Um, It's, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, it's a wonderful stat. That's actually an awesome stat that you dug up, however you find that in your, uh, in your Rolodex back there, but good job digging that up. Um, Looking at the, at the West right now, I have a hard time thinking the Kings are going to keep this up right now. There's a lot of questions about the Kings. And the one thing I always go to is the goal differential. They're a minus one right now overall through 44 games. That's just, it's a tough stat to do well with. And looking at all our teams that are doing well, like let's look at the central Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, plus 35, plus 27, plus 13 on the East. Now you have in the Atlantic, four teams that are nice pluses boston toronto tampa buffalo boston is a plus 68 oh dear lord so point being is like okay so that is the only team that is in a minus category and goal differential that is in a playoff spot right now and looking at the metro the flyers and the blue jackets are minus 19 and minus 55 not respectfully and then you have the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Washington, Rangers, New Jersey Devils, Carolina Hurricanes. The worst of that bunch is Pittsburgh at a plus twelve. So just to give you an example of how, I guess, Charm and Soft, our Pacific is right now. So I don't think the Kings are going to hold this up. Seattle, listen, they're here this long. BGK was here this long in season one. So Seattle, I think, does make the playoffs when the dust settles, and they're going to be a tough outs. I mean they got a, a wonderful new arena we've been down this road before they got a brand new franchise we've been down this road before they have a clean slate we've been down this road before so Seattle can make a run don't sleep on Seattle so I'll throw LA out just because I think I think Calgary and Edmonton are going to figure this out mm-hmm. I think Calgary and Edmonton more or less Edmonton just because I'm never going to bet against Connor McDavid just never I don't care um, I think Edmonton will be there in the end and I'm not going to bet against Daryl Sutter either Daryl Sutter, in my opinion, pound for pound, uh, loony for loony, whatever currency you want to use is, in my opinion, the best coach in the AHL, period. End of story. Um, I, saw, I saw an interesting stat, Chris. Uh, you talked about Pittsburgh.
1: Pittsburgh 7-1-0 and at home against Western Conference opponents this season, right? And they have now won nine of the last 10, ten games overall against the West. Stack wins anywhere
0: you can find them, right? We've talked about this, whether it's in division or against uh, just not great opponents. And BGK has not been good at that. And that's why we're looking at some of these teams as threats instead of, you know, distance, you know, teams in the distance. Right. So Pacific, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely watching out right now for Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton. And I think I think in the order, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary. And I just don't see the Kings sustaining what they've been doing just based off of all the questions they have about their lineup and things like that. But who knows? We might get a playoff, Jonathan, quick in February. If that's the case, he'll carry him to the playoffs, and they'll be right on our tail the entire time.
1: Wouldn't you like to see both the stars and – pardon me – both the stars and VGK uh, continue to win because last night, Pete DeBoer's stars with the win tied the VGK for most points Mm -hmm. over on the Western Conference, and DeBoer becomes the uh, head coach there.
0: For that division for the central. So, oh God, that is pretty funny, actually. Um, but listen, here's one thing we do know about Pete DeBoer as a coach. He has massive success with teams coming out when he makes that coaching change that first season. Tony's going to clear it out. He's working on it. He's working on it. Get that frog, Tony. Get that frog. Um, but <laughs> DeBoer's done very well. He took our first, he took the team that was struggling. I mean, let's talk about just for 10 seconds here. Gerard Gallant is out of a playoff position after a four game losing streak gets fired on the road and then in comes Gerard Gallant. And that team does go to, at the time, the equivalent of a, I don't know, it was considered the Western conference final because that was the bubble. It was still West versus East. So they did make a run. Unfortunately, oddly enough, they fell to the Dallas stars. And then, you know, the rest is history with DeBoer and what happened after that. So Dallas is going to be a tough out. They're going to probably make it to the conference final just based off of a DeBoer's track record and looking at the central as well winnipeg's playing extremely well they finally were able to move on from paul maurice and maybe that is going to be the shakeup that they needed you still got this guy named connor Halbuck back there who is friggin' phenomenal he's probably going to play uh let's see they've, they've they've had 41 games he's probably played 37 of them um minnesota i mean and you know mark andre Fleury going through some tough times right now hope everything is okay with him obviously uh you know all but all but love for Mark Andre Fleury, we hope he, you know, I think he's taking some time away from the team right now. So he's, I back. Hope he's, he's back. He's back. He he was, okay, good. Okay. He was back he was last back. night in time to lose the shootout. He tried that
1: patented poke check on oh, Artemi he Panarin, oh, it dry, huh? It was on yeah. Panarin. Yeah, good luck with that. And that's and Panarin scored the game winner in the shootout. That's how that game ended.
0: Well, that, I mean, it's good that he's back. So that that's what the important message is there. Um, Colorado right now I mean is there a path where I know they got the injuries and stuff is there a path where we don't hear from like they just have a pedestrian year and they're never heard of I mean no I they'll, be I th- they'll be back they'll be I think so I think yeah. so yeah second half you of know. the season once this is uh, what we I were think... saying about last year's VGK team too Tony they're, they're I know gonna do it, right? I think I
1: think Bowen's back I think uh they got everyone back there just about ranting and I think everyone McKinnon, we saw come back. McKinnon, made, McKinnon started
0: back against us. Yeah. And yeah. scored 10 seconds in the game. <laughs> right. 15, it, whatever it was. It,
1: right. That Jets team, pretty interesting because they have 14 losses and two of those losses were against the VGK.
0: Yeah. They're a plus 27 as well. It seems to be my favorite stat as of late.
1: Interesting. I think they're scrappy. I think they're kind of a scrappy team that just hangs yes. around, does enough. They, they just do enough. I think to, to win. I don't think yeah. that they're an explosive team. They don't, I don't have an identity for them. Sorry. Um, then,
0: hard-working, blue-collar. I think that's yeah. probably what you would say. And and listen, their home playoff exactly. crowd, I'll put against any home crowd in the NHL as far as just getting pumped up, the whiteout and stuff that they do, and you know the, the characters come out as they do in Vegas. But I, listen, I love everyone in Vegas and what happens here, but the Winnipeg Jets, I don't know if there's a better home playoff crowd in the NHL.
1: It's going to come down uh, in the central division between the Blues, the Predators, and the Avalanche, right? Uh, the way things stand right now, uh, perhaps. And uh, I think the Wild, the Wild, are definitely playing better with the addition of Reeves. I saw some good stats, uh, some good numbers on. You think you're, they're you're about five games? So I think they're five games, and Reeves wants to fight you and I.
0: He'll win. Yeah, yeah win. he definitely would win. Uh, he's he's scared of earthquakes. Like like I I mentioned this yesterday when. Uh, I had that meeting. We talked about. I'll leave it at that. But um, I brought up the story where I was hosting a charity poker event, and I said, "Listen, Ryan Reeves, awesome, fun dude, but scared of earthquakes." Uh, we were hosting a charity poker tournament. Uh, my former employer Reeves, his beer company, was sponsoring it. He was, of course, there. As was a uh, Jonathan Marcheseau, who was a uh, very um, spirited that evening. We'll leave it at that. And there was that earthquake. There was a weekend. We had those two earthquakes, like back to back, and. About 10, 15 minutes afterwards, I see Reeves kind of sitting by himself. I'm like, hey, you good? What's up, man? And he's like, oh, don't like earthquakes. Don't like earthquakes. We, we don't get this nonsense in Winnipeg, you know. So it was, uh, it was a fun moment. But, yeah, good dude. Maybe, it, listen, if it's, if it's Vegas and Minnesota in the playoffs, if we have an earthquake, Reeves is gone. Gone. Well,
1: that there would be go. a fun series now. That would be a lot more attractive there. Uh, oh, sorry. Get those body blows ready. Oh, my loser. goodness. So he'll
0: be, Reeves is going to be scratched by them. He's going to be scratched by them. He'll be a healthy nah, scratch. Nah, they He'll like be a healthy him. scratch by game four of the playoffs if they're down 2-1. to one.
1: Yeah, he was a little bit bitter about leaving New York because he felt that uh, they said that, you know, he wanted it. He demanded a trade, but already there were trade rumors and everything. The trade was in oh, the Oh, Reeves morning. demanded the trade? That's what they said in New York at the time, that he demanded a trade after being a healthy scratch. And as we come to find out yesterday in his presser, it was the Rangers who actually were working behind the scenes to make that trade happen. Coming up tomorrow, we'll have a preview of the Florida game, VGK back on the ice. We're excited about that. We have something more to talk about, so we hope that you tune in then. From my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cordasco from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first choice, your first listen each and every day. Again, you could find us as well on YouTube, Lockdown Golden Knights. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.